0: Log Talk Radio. Divine harmony, serving the lost
1: lands of Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, good evening, everybody. Everything seems to be working tonight. We have defied six planetary retrogrades that are currently <laughs> in progress. Oh my goodness, I, I feel like uh, I feel like Alexander the Great or somebody. Uh, six planetary retrogrades, including Mercury. You know, everybody's afraid of Mercury retrograde. 2020 is such a, uh, bizarre year though. The planetary, uh, retrogrades, people are just like going, yeah, Mercury retrograde, big deal. Yeah. You know? <laughs> What's the big deal? Usually people are screaming and digging a hole, pulling it in after them. It's like, yeah, Mercury retrograde. What, what the heck we had murder hornets, COVID-19 earthquakes, floods, uh, meteorite heading for us, uh, Next month, I think it's the, uh, boy, we had the volcanoes. So uh, next month, we have Godzilla. Uh, uh, You know, after that, the uh, alien invasion, Uh, nothing surprises us in this year. This is the year, uh, the times that try men's souls, right? Isn't that the saying? Uh, Men and women, um, our souls are being tried. This is just uh, strengthening us, uh, leveling us, uh, making adjustments. In uh, and, and the chat room, Doc Murphy says, and my birthday, well, mine was in May. Yeah, my birthday was at the end of May. Gemini-Taurus uh, cusp, uh, which is a volatile combination, believe me. If you're uh, uh, on the Gemini and Taurus cusp, you have twice the bullshit. So, you know, it's, it's a interesting combination. Uh, so the... Uh, you can talk BS out of both sides of your mouth. The uh, coming and going, my mom used to say, you got it coming and going, Johnny. My mom was an astrologist. I'm not. I'm not an astrologist. I, I know just enough about it to uh, to know when there's astrological bad weather. Uh, but uh, I usually check with my astrologist's um uh, to know what's going on, uh, I'm not an astrologist myself. I'm a numerologist. Uh, that's and a palm reader. I'm a palm reader and a numerologist. That's my apologies. The uh, but gosh, what times we live in right now? Um, you know, there's a there's a Chinese curse. Did you know it's called "May you live during interesting times"? That's a Chinese curse. Isn't that interesting? And we are living in interesting times. But we're all we are all cursed we're all cursed. I think we're all blessed. It's, I mean, what else would we be doing to be watching, um, you know, Gilligan's Island reruns, I guess. Speaking of things to watch, there's something you must watch. It's a documentary. You know, Tiger King was very big. You know, I like to watch Tiger King. Those who watched it, uh, 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 we watched it here. I didn't think it was that entertaining, you know, Um uh, uh you know, I do readings for a living. I've done readings for a living for well over 35 years. So um, uh, dysfunction doesn't surprise me. And, you know, you know, what we saw was obsession. We saw obsession at work there. But if you enjoyed Tiger King or if you found it interesting, there's a documentary called Finders Keepers that you must watch. And it's not a series, it's a documentary. It's a one-time shot, but Finders Keepers. It's a documentary. And go watch the trailer. Uh, this fellow lost his foot in an airplane crash. And uh, he wanted to keep it, so they sent it to him. The hospital sent it to him. And uh, he had some drug problems, so he had, he lost all of his stuff, but he kept it in a storage unit. Well, you know, if you don't pay your rent on the storage unit, they auction it off, right? So this guy bought the contents of the storage unit including a uh, uh, a barbecue smoker, you know a a barbecue that you smoke meat in and he opened it up and he found this guy's foot so the guy who bought the barbecue smoker uh, first he called 911 and he said I found a foot, oh my god it's leaking cholesterol and all kinds of, that's why he called it cholesterol leaking cholesterol all over my hands and stuff then he got this idea and he said well I'll charge admission he was charging $10 a uh, for adults, $3 for, uh, children. And he marketed the thing. The guy was in a way kind of a mad hillbilly genius. This happened in North Carolina, you know, happened in my part of the country where things like this have been known to happen. You know, people do these things and, uh, um, selling t-shirts, you know, the, the, barbecue smoker footman, and so in the meantime, the other guy heard about it, wanted his foot back, and so this began a decade-long legal battle over the possession of this foot. They were on Jerry Springer. They were on TV. They went on internet. You you, you just have to see it to believe it, and uh, it is uh, hilarious and tragic and sad and southern. It is southern, and you begin to see have you ever wondered why there are people who cling to the Civil War? You know why? Why can't people let a four-year war that everybody lost? It's like how do the Southerners still? The Civil War was it had, first of all, it was a terrible it had a terrible premise, and the, the Southerners lost. It only lasted four years. It stumbled along, and it was awful, and they lost. Why do they still? do what they do about it. Watch this show and you will understand the Southern mindset. These guys fought for a foot for 10 years. You'll understand the Southern mentality. You'll say, oh, I get it. I get it. This is why the Confederate flag and the Civil War and, you know, don't confuse me. You know Why would a guy sue someone for their own foot? I own your foot. Well, I want my foot back. No, I own it. I have a receipt here. You lost the Civil War. No, we didn't. <laughs> yeah, you, you'll you'll get it. I, I I was sitting here you know, it, it's like watching a cobra swallow a warthog, you know, it's appalling but you can't look away. You you just gotta see this. You gotta see it. There there's deep spiritual lessons to be learned here. There really are. There really are. And it'll take your mind off. You know, the world is in a very um volatile state right now. Adjustments are being made to long-held beliefs. This is about the third time I've seen this happen in my lifetime. You know, I lived during the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and the turn of the millennium. And I've seen things like this happen. I've seen riots. I've seen protests. I've, I participated in many of them. I have a funny dent in my skull. People uh, say, well, how did, you, how did you get that? Well, I got hit in the head um, by police uh, protesting uh Uh, They were digging up sacred Cherokee ground to put a nuclear plant. We chained ourselves to the posts, and uh, the police came in with bolt cutters, and we held on. And, you know, they got frustrated where they beat us with clubs. And uh, I have a crack in my ulna, you know, where I got the defensive position. And uh, the story there was they threw a bunch of us in a paddy wagon, and then someone set off a smoke bomb, and they they ran off, and we all looked at each other. And uh, uh, one of my uh, fellow protests had run, and and Believe it or not, this this uh, this girl said, "Oh, we can't just leave." And I was like, "Huh?" <laughs> and, and a bunch of them just ran over the hills, and some people stayed in the paddy wagon, which is how indoctrinated authority people are. But I'll tell you, about ten of us just took off running, and you know, we never looked back. And uh, um, otherwise, we would have, you know, been in jail for who knows how long because they suspended the writ of habeas corpus under uh, situations like this, those hold you as long as they want to. Um, but it was funny cause really she said, well, we can't just leave, which looking back on it, I think that's, that's a funny thing to say. There's nobody here to stop us. I'm, I'm going, well, what are they going to do? Arrest you again? You know, arrest you twice. So off we went. Um, but I realized running. Uh, running, right I said, man, my arm really hurts. And uh, I was kind of staggering a bit. Uh, I got hit. I had a concussion and a broken ulna, a cracked ulna. wasn't completely broken and, and some bruised ribs because they, they kind of manhandle you. Uh, so I, I know what it is to to protest. And that wasn't the first or the last one um, I participated in. And I'm way too old to do that now, although I admire my hats off to the 72 year old guy who was doing it. My hats off to him. Uh, so. I understand these times. I understand them. I've seen them before. This isn't the first, it isn't the last. And um, uh, some changes were made. We did not stop the nuclear plant. We did not. Um, And, um, but the voices can be heard uh, this way and changes can be made. And uh, all I advise you to do is don't get on Facebook and read the comments or uh, whatever faith you have in the human race will just drizzle out through your navel. Just don't. We are the Crystal Silence League, by the way. Steering it back around. I do get around to the topic eventually. Rambling Railroad that goes the scenic route, but it does arrive at the station eventually. The uh, St. Germain Express. We do get there eventually via the scenic route through hills and valleys and up and down mountains and through the... uh, wooded terrain, but we do get there eventually. The Crystal Silence League, founded around 1917 or so by Claude Alexander Conlon for the purpose of projecting positive prayer and affirmation to all those in need of such. And when he passed into the silence around 1954, he took the league with him into the spirit world, although many people were still practicing the daily method of projecting into the sunset, the, uh, uh, during the morning into the sunrise, of course, uh, the daily affirmation, and then into the sunset before they go into bed. So that as the sun rises, affirmations were sent, and as the sun sets, they also go. uh, The, uh, uh, 2007 or so along comes magical adepts from what is now known as the Association of, the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, the small church uh, ministry, and revived it on the internet, where you can find it at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there, we do have a prayer page, which we'll visit here in just a few minutes. Um, before we do that, let's talk about our Crystal of the Week um, which is, uh, aragonite and aragonite grows in star clusters. A star cluster are crystals that don't grow along an axis. They grow in different directions. They look kind of like a, a porcupine or a, uh, 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 a spiky ball. Um, they, they grow from a center out in every direction. And, um, uh, it's a, uh, it's usually found, um uh, around hot springs aragonite or uh stalactites um, it's um sometimes they're called uh, uh flower growths the star growths um star clusters are called flower growths and um it's a a, a, a calcium carbonate with iron in it uh, and sometimes you can find aragonite in mollusk shells uh, which is very interesting, and um, the dragonite uh, is said to be very good uh, at soothing anxiety. Uh, the uh, uh, the stone itself, the crystal itself, uh, resonates to the root and earth chakra, it grounds you to the earth. Uh, A lot of times anxiety is a free-floating anxiety. You you feel ungrounded. You're uh, uh, floating around in this kind of sea of ungrounded anxiety, and you can't quite put a name to it. So the mind, when there's anxiety or depression or something, reaches out and tries to latch on to reasons to be anxious, tries to make sense, tries to rationalize it. And uh, so uh, this will ground you in reality and make you think about it and say, well, what am I anxious about? And once you put a name to it or once you see the causes of reality, you see that a lot of your fears are unfounded. And aragonite is very good at seeing the truth of your situation. And if you see the truth of your situation and you activate your mind, you can usually see that, first of all, you're exaggerating the situation. And secondly, there's usually a solution. And this uh, particular crystal Increases your energy, since it does work with the root chakra, and it boosts your self-confidence and your ability to deal with whatever is causing your anxiety. It's also said uh, to help with anger and frustration. So this is a very handy crystal. It's not expensive. It's good to have some around, uh, especially during these uh, these times in which we live. Um, it is... Um, uh, considered a fiery stone. Um it comes in there's different colors. You'll you'll find because of the way it grows, it can it can be whitish, yellowish, brownish, or reddish. So depending on the purpose you want to put it to, uh you can have different clusters of it. Um, um you can use the rusty colored uh stones with the orange colored stones uh with the yellowish colored stones for different adjustments uh during your meditations you can make elixir from it it's a uh soft stone uh it can it can uh actually dissolve in water um over time so use an indirect method if you make your elixirs but uh that's aragonite <clears throat> and uh might be very happy to um um uh, uh, work with you. Uh, it's, it's one of those stones that, uh, uh, tends to lend itself to, uh, easy working. It's a, it's an amenable stone, a, uh, uh, a friendly stone, uh, lends itself to, uh, to help. So, uh, we'll move on from there. I could talk a lot about this. It's one of my favorites. I, I love, I love the clustery stones, the, uh, uh, the star clusters, the flower clusters. I really like, I have a lot of them. I have bouncing around my chapel. And when I say bouncing around, I, that's a literal sense because I have cat that goes in there and knocks them around and rolls them around. It's quite literally. If you go to, um, crystal silence league.org and go to our prayer page, we could be, um, ready to do some prayers. And, uh, we get a lot of prayers, Um uh, Posted there, sometimes one to two hundred a week. And if I uh, refresh the prayer page, um, just from the time I go on there, because I go on there um, before the show and pray for everybody. I uh, there's a button you click. Yep, there we go. Boom! I just refreshed, and there's some more. Um, um, There's a button you click. It says pray and send email let uh, lets the person know you pray for them. So I go down and go click, 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 click and pray, 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 usually for about uh, 25 to uh, 30 people. And um, and it's a lovely thing to do. And uh, then when I come back and refresh the page, all the people I prayed for have disappeared. They've been uh, boosted by you know 20 or 30 more people in like the last hour. So we get a lot of people. So um, what we'll do now is pray for the people that, I haven't prayed for already today. And isn't that a great thing we do? So let's pray by prayer number. I don't call out names because, you know, we like to keep things anonymous. Um, because, you know, somebody like says, uh, you know, dear God, kill this bitch. You know, we don't want to say, you know, who it is. Um, because someone goes, well, wait, what? What? Who? Emmy wants to kill me well I'm going to kill her you know I'll I'll kill her with the voodoo doll and and if you need a voodoo doll I'll sell you one by the way so you know Emmy if you want to kill Jesse you know or whoever um, I'll sell you a voodoo doll hey I'm pushing those voodoo dolls man come on mojo bags hey Uh, prayer ID 94745 who says please let money start flowing again And she says, please let businesses pick up and money get back to what it used to be or better for the web design marketing business my fiancé and I have. Please let all clients pay on time and let new clients come. Amen. And prayer ID 94744, who says, who needs peace and protection and safety in the home. And she says, Isaiah 32:18, and my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation, and in sure dwellings and in quiet resting places. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask that you protect the home of your servant R, clear away all darkness, chase out all evil. Grant that peace, safety, and tranquility will remain. Put the armor of light within the home and place it upon all those who live there and all who enter. Wash the home and all who enter by the precious blood of Christ. Anoint all with oil for protection. Amen. Prayer ID 94742. Really need prayer? For me and my newborn son in this new world, it is so difficult being a single mom alone in this new world. God, please help me with my new relationship with my son. Help me transition into this new identity and show me the next steps for my business purpose-driven life. Blessings on you and praying for us. Oh, Amen. A lot of people who are staying at home, you know, are starting new businesses at home, and I'm getting a lot of calls about that. You know, people wanting readings on how. Uh, on their new businesses, they're they're getting, they like working at home, you know, good luck with y'all. Prayer ID 94742, oh, we just did that one, prayer 94741, please pray for me, Lord, thou hast been our dwelling place in all generations, thou hast set our iniquities before thee, and let the beauty of the Lord, our God, be upon us, and establish upon us the work of our hands, yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it, which is Psalm ninety. Prayer ID 94740, I desperately need to find financing to buy a house for my family soon. We are truly in need of a house that has at least four bedrooms, four bathrooms, a mother-in-law suite, and a fence for our dogs. Amen. Prayer ID 94739, who says that uh, her son's beloved cat has a mysterious tummy ache. May it be correctly diagnosed and healed. And she says, "Please join me and friends of Britt. Is that the cat's name? Britt, B-R-R-T, Brittle, or Britt, Brittle, in prayer for his health. Brittle is a lively, endearing yellow tabby. Oh, I love them. Six-year Tommy cat, well loved by my son. They've been through a lot, and Brittle is a good pal. Oh, I love the little. I love those yellow tabbies. Lately, however, he has been barfing. Today, my son is taking Brittle to the vet." and that is today, Tuesday. Uh, I pray that Brittle's problems are easily solved and that treatment will lead to his complete recovery. May all of our companion animals thrive and be well in these troubled times. We need them. Let us deploy our relevant saints, which you know is St. Gertrude. Uh, Blessed be. Amen. Prayer ID 94738. I want to thank you all who have prayed with and for me to get through my schooling and pass my NCLEX test. I thank St. Jude, too. I will still be praying for people as I need to pay it forward, and we all need blessings at this time. Amen. And prayer ID 94737. This is Almighty God and Father. Please bring D closer to me. Open the lines of communication and rekindle our relationship. Please make haste. Let he be open to me and to us. Amen. How about prayer ID 94736? My left eye keeps twitching. Please pray that only good comes to me and that any bad luck is quickly changed to good luck and that no harm or misfortune comes upon me. Prayer ID 94735. My left eye twitch every time I hear Trump talk. Yeah, I'm serious. It does. 94735. Dear God, please let I, E-S-E, and my manager M-H-O to successfully load 45,000 liters of fuel from Northwest Petroleum and Gas Company, Depot, Calabarro. Oh, yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, this company. God, it's a long company. Uh Tomorrow, Wednesday, the 24th of June, 2020, please let your divine light fill the truck driver that will load the fuel and drive to E successfully. Tomorrow, thanks, you most high God, for answering my prayer, so mote it be. Goodness, I've never had anyone pray for a tank of gas before. I hope it arrives safely. Prayer ID 94733, the man that I thought that I was going to spend the rest of my life with, has decided that he wants to explore a relationship with someone else. I'm so broken and devastated. We have gone through so much together that most couples would have never been able to withstand. Please pray for us to get back together in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh my goodness, that's that's very difficult. Um, and let's see. Um, I'm prayer ready 94730. Thank you for all your very effective prayers for me and my loved ones right now. I really need your powerful help again. I seem beset with kidney-type issues, and my overreactive doctor is already talking about more tests, which will be unnecessary and too anxiety-provoking for me. So please, dear friends, pray that my nephrology-type issues will swiftly leave, never to return again. Bless all of you so much. Amen. And prayer ID 94729, I pray for my dear friend that she remains pregnant, and that this is just a little bleeding, and that the baby stays with her. Amen. Let's have a moment of silence. Uh, Prayer for all those in need of prayer and support and strength. Amen. uh, I'd like to talk to you about self-dialogue and how important it is. Uh, We talked in New Thought about uh, the talking cure, the thinking cure, uh, and how important this is. And I want to tell you, there's a lot of nonsense, and it's nonsense, that is perpetuated in the name of spirituality. And I read about this a lot. Social media uh, is a great fertile ground for spreading nonsense. And self-dialogue can be very harmful. And I've talked to many of my clients about this. Many people call me uh, talking about, and this this is one that has come up repeatedly in the past several years. Well, I've had to rid myself of toxic people. You know this negativity because I'm, I'm empathetic, I'm an empath and when I'm around toxic people I absorb their negativity so I have to rid myself of toxic people, terrible self-dialogue and there's so many wrong things with that, so many inaccuracies well for one thing, true empathy is very rare I mean it's very very rare and much of what people describe as empathy is really projection and uh, uh, it's not is not empathy. It's projection. And, uh, um, and there are so many other uh, less generous terms I can put to that because a lot of what I've seen described as empathy uh, in very long uh, manifestos on Facebook is narcissism. But let's say there is some empathy going on there. And secondly, I don't even know what a toxic person is. Tox Toxins are poisons. And is there such a thing as a as a poisonous person? No, I, I don't think so. If someone is causing, if you're experiencing discomfort in the presence of another person, we really have to examine ourselves and ask ourselves, why? Why am I experiencing discomfort? There's no such thing as a toxic person. That's the first part of self-dialogue we have to we have to completely rid ourselves of. There's no such thing as a toxic person, you know. Oh well, they're a narcissist. They're a borderline personality. Okay, these are diagnoses. These are clinical diagnoses. This is a description of a cluster of behavior for clinical purposes, not for social purposes. This is not a social designation, and it's not an excuse to take anybody out of your life. And this is really a problem I have with social media. Ten signs you're dating a narcissist. You know this, this sort of thing. It's a clinical designation of a cluster of behavior for diagnostic purposes. Okay, ten signs you're dating a cancer patient. You know, uh, you know that's that's about as useful. So we have to ask, so why am I uncomfortable around this person? Well, if, if someone is, you know chronically mean to you or constantly mean to you or you have a member of a family that you can't stand to be around, you know, why are they that way? Why are they that way? And, uh, you know, this is the first thing we have to, and, and why am I reacting to them this way? What is it in me that is reacting to them this way? And, uh, why are these feelings being, uh, activated? you know, why am I experiencing these feelings around this person that I am calling an empathetic reaction. And, uh, and uh, I, I can tell you, I, I am not an empath. I, I don't have empathy. And this can disturb some people because I, I've asked people, I said, I'm going to tell you, I'm not an empath. I don't have empathy. Does that make me a psychopath? Because I'll tell you, I'm not a psychopath either. But I'm, I don't have empathy. And uh, not as it is described, I do not experience other people's emotions. If somebody is angry, I don't get angry. If someone is sad, I don't get sad. If somebody is happy, I don't get happy. My feelings are totally mine, utterly under my control. If I'm in the presence of happy people, I don't get happy with them. If I'm in the presence of sad people, I don't get sad with them. In other words, the emotional state of other people do not affect me. So I am not an empath. I don't have empathy. Does that make me a psychopath? I mean, I've asked this question. I've really hammered people about this. And I've had people say, well, I don't technically. I say, okay, see, you are trying to diagnose me. And so I I really, it's very necessary for people to understand the difference between empathy and empathetic response. So if, if, uh, If if there's an assumption that everybody has universal feelings, that I experience sadness is exactly the way you experience sadness and the way Pete experienced sadness and the way Jane experienced sadness, I believe this is a a metaphysical assumption that may not be true. I think it's quite likely the way I experience sadness is very different from the way you experience sadness. How can I assume that this uh, empathetic response that I'm feeling or think I'm feeling You're sad, then I feel sadness, and I say, "Oh, I'm having an empathetic reaction to your sadness. How do I know that's that's what you're feeling?" I think this is a metaphysical assumption that may not be accurate, and um, because I'm, how do I know the way I experience red is the same way you experience red? You see, we do not know, and so it's important that our inner dialogue causing us a healthy response. Our inner dialogue, our our mental health, our spiritual health is very important. It's essential. And we cannot ever put this in the hands of other people. We cannot. Our internal dialogue cannot say anything that is harmful to us. And if our internal dialogue is I am an empath, and this causes the harm when I'm around other people, then we have to stop telling ourselves that narrative and i've i've i said i've I've, uh, I've advised people this as well, and I said I have a solution for you. Watch well, that stop telling yourself you're an empath, stop telling yourself you're empathetic simply do that change change the story, stop telling yourself that. And this has been met with shock. (laughs) I can't. Yes, you can. Stop telling yourself that. When you're around these people that you have rather unkindly labeled toxic, say, I'm not empathetic to these people. See if it works. And I pretty much guarantee you it will because you are what you tell yourself. You are the story that you tell yourself. You are the story that you tell yourself, and if you tell yourself that story long enough, you will believe it, and you will live it. I mean that's the law. What happens internally manifests externally. That's the law. And I, I will tell you that uh, a lot of people I've talked about this, they have an existential crisis uh, when this happens because the idea that we can control our very self, tell ourselves who we are uh, – Is is is, man, man? It's mind blowing that you can just change the story, that you can rewrite the story. It's mind blowing that you don't have to let other people write your story for you. It's mind blowing, but you can, you sure can. But to me, the idea that other people have more power than you do when it comes to writing your own story, to me, that's mind blowing. Your subconscious is your book of life. Your subconscious is your book of life. And whatever thoughts, beliefs, opinions, theories, or dogmas you write engrave, or impress on your subconscious mind, you will experience them as the objective manifestations of circumstances, conditions, and events. Why are great people great? Because they told themselves they are. They wrote that story. It wasn't just handed to them. What you write on the inside, you'll experience on the outside. You've Two sides of your life, objective and subjective, visible and invisible, thought and its manifestations. Your thought is received by your brain, which is the organ of your conscious reasoning mind. When your conscious or objective mind accepts the thought completely, it's sent to the solar plexus, which is called the brain of your abdomen. I'm giving you a new thought here, where it becomes flesh and is made manifest in your experience. This is why you feel like you're punched in the gut when your reality is threatened. It feels like a punch in the gut. It's like your organs run out. It's like water running out. As we've discussed earlier, your subconscious doesn't argue with you. It acts only from what you write on it. It accepts your verdict or the conclusion of your conscious mind is final. Your subconscious believes what you tell it. This is why you're always writing on the book of life because your thoughts become your experience. Ralph Waldo Emerson, who was a transcendentalist, he was one of the uh, originators of new thought, said um, in one of his essays on this subject, he said, man is what he thinks all day long. Whatever you think about all day long, that's what you are. You are what you tell yourself you are. Nothing more. There was a fellow, William James, they call him the uh, father of American uh, psychology, um, said the power to move the world is in your subconscious mind. And your subconscious mind is has infinite intelligence. It has boundless wisdom. And it's fed by a seemingly infinite uh, creative spring. And the subconscious mind understands the laws of life. And whatever you impress upon your subconscious mind, it can move heaven and earth to bring it to pass. If you're doing the thing that you know you're supposed to do, Truly, it's like heaven and earth gets behind you. You, it's vital then that we impress it with the right ideas and, and constructive thought, because it will take seed, and your mind, your subconscious believes it. And the subconscious mind works while you're asleep and while you're awake; it never stops. So, the reason there's so much chaos and misery in the world is because. Maybe the majority of people, I, I mean, I, I can't say. Uh, uh, in my old age, I'm a bit cynical about people's uh, ability or even desire to act in their own best interests. But uh, many people don't understand that the interaction of their conscious and subconscious minds and how they work, uh, they seem to thrive on garbage. They, they, they want to consume mental garbage. Um And so when these two principles work in accord and in concord, in peace and in synchronicity together, you will experience health and happiness and peace of mind and joy. And happy people don't drop bombs on each other. And there's no sickness or discord when the conscious and subconscious mind work together harmoniously and peacefully the body wants to be healthy the mind wants to be healthy it naturally gravitates toward a healthy state when conscious mind and subconscious mind are in harmony and there's no discord. There was uh, the tomb of Hermes uh, was opened uh, back in the uh, uh, next to last century with great expensive te- because te- legend said there was a a, a wonder uh, a great secret of the ages and what was engraved. uh, You might remember uh, you uh, uh, magicians out there, uh, wizards and things on the tomb of Hermes was a tablet that said as within, so without as above, so below. And the implications of that very simple statement uh, uh, was very uh, profound. It's like, well, that's simple, but it's very profound as above, so below. And, uh, Uh, The Buddha had another formula, Uh, if there's A, there's B, change A and B changes. He had had a, a similar formula, and whatever is impressed in your subconscious mind is expressed on the screen of space. This was proclaimed by all great thinkers, Moses, Isaiah, Jesus, Buddha, Zoroaster, Lao Tzu, Uh, All the illuminated sages of the age realize a very simple truth that what happens here manifests there. And everything starts with thought. It starts with conviction. Whatever you feel as true subjectivity is expressed as conditions, experiences, and events. Experience is reality. What you experience as real is real to you. And if, you expe- and if you experience it with conviction, it becomes reality. And throughout all nature, there's this law of action and reaction. There's rest and motion. And everything must balance. There has to be a balance. There'll be harmony and equilibrium. If things are out of balance and out of equilibrium, there's chaos. This is It's the law. It's the spiritual law. It's the law of physics. And we are here in the the proliferation proliferation of life. And this is something I've, I've dwelled on since I was a child. Why is there so much proliferation of life? Why so many different types of life? And the answer is very obvious. The, the life principle, the, the mind of the universe wants to experience itself in many different ways. There could just be one form of life on Earth, right? There could be just one form of life, you know, like us, except Different sizes and sh- different sizes. There could be the world would work with one form of life on it. Why is there so many different types of life? And it seems to say evolution. Sure, but evolution could have produced one form of life and it would have worked. It would have worked. And this could have been one form of life in many different sizes, and even many different shapes. But there's bizarre shit in this world. There's there's bizarre stuff. You look at, you look in the uh, all around the world, there's just bizarre things, and uh, you know, there are forms of life on earth that you know you just shake your head, and go, you know, how did that happen? And it's because the life principle, uh, the universal mind, the um, uh, that which is experiences itself in many different and interesting the senses, even um, uh, you know, the human senses are very crude, um, we see just well enough to survive. We hear just well enough to survive. Dogs' smell, sense of smell is much, much superior to ours. Cats' vision, much superior to ours. Uh, sense of touch of uh, a possum, much superior to ours. Uh, we're kind of a melange of different things. Maybe, maybe we're the smartest animal on the earth. I don't think we are. I think that there probably are smarter animals. Um, we're, we're smart in certain ways. There are other animals that are smarter in other ways. Uh, uh, we, every type of life on the planet experiences life a different way. It's a, it's a, it's a conglomeration of experience, uh, a unification of experience. The great mind experiences itself in different ways. And there's an equilibrium. The intake and the outgo must be equal. And the impression and the expression must be equal. And all of our frustrations, you see, are, are due to this imbalance, this unfulfilled expression. There's a gap between the way things are and the way we want them to be. Our desires are unfulfilled. Our expression is unfulfilled. The bigger the gap, the bigger the frustration. And if we have negative thoughts... If we have negative, destructive, if we think viciously, these thoughts generate destructive emotions, which must be expressed, and that must find an outlet. If we have a negative dialogue, if we separate ourselves from the other person, if we say, that person is toxic, we're saying, well, I'm not toxic. This person is different from me. There's no difference between the experience and the experiencer. There's no difference between the thought and the thinker. There's no experience between the object and the viewer. If you're toxic, then I'm toxic. It cannot be any different. If I say you're toxic, then I'm toxic. because I'm experiencing you. And there's no difference between the experience and the experiencer. If if I experience toxicity, I'm bringing toxins into the world. It must not be. So there must be an equilibrium. So these emotions, being of a destructive nature, are frequently expressed in reality. And sometimes these are expressed as ulcers, heart trouble, tensions, anxieties. Sometimes they're expressed as bullets, as bombs. as as arson, as a fist extended into somebody's face. And we injure ourselves by these negative ideas that we entertain and cling to. How often have we wounded ourselves by being angry and fearful or jealous or vengeful? And these are these toxins. These are the poisons that enter the subconscious mind. They enter the subconscious mind and etch themselves like acid into the mind, the fabric of the subconscious mind. And as we sleep, they trouble our rest. And then we wake up, and they're engraved in the pattern of our subconscious, and they manifest. And we were not born this way. We weren't born with these negative attitudes, these thoughts of revenge and hatred, and that I'm on this side, and you're on that side. We weren't born with this. So we we uh, owe it to ourselves. We owe it to everybody in the world. We owe it to the world to examine ourselves very honestly for these uh, these patterns of thought and and see are some of these beliefs that we cherish that make us feel important um, or that we've been told about ourselves are they actually hurting us? And I've said this a lot there there comes time in your spiritual growth where you you begin to confront beliefs that make you uncomfortable and you but you understand that if you change these beliefs there's going to be a sense of betrayal or loss but they're standing in the way of your growth or your happiness and it's a real conflict do i let go of these so i can grow and be happy or do i hold on to them Because if I let go of them, I'm betraying somebody. Maybe it's my parents. Maybe it's the God I was taught to worship. Maybe it's society itself. It's it's a real conflict. Oh, we got to do station identification, don't we? And maybe I can actually find a drink of water while we do that. So let's have our station. You got to pay the bills, you know. That's one of the realities of life. M C Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Katherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4:30, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John Saint Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lefay, Fridays 1 to 2, and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse Fridays 7 to 8. All times specific At 3 Hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. Yes, yes. So in New Thought in the early days, um, they were very big on the thought cure, and we we don't talk about it much, but we still are. because we don't want to be mistaken for faith healers, and but I will tell you that I have been uh, growing up in the South. I've, I've attended faith healing, and it's in these cynical times. It has a bad reputation. It's very uh, clever to say it's a fraud, and that um, uh, you know there's a lot of movies. Mo- most of them come out of England for some reason. The uh, movies and shows about. What a, what a fraud it is! Yes, there are frauds out there, but I've also seen it happen. Um, I've seen people healed by prayer. I've seen people healed by faith. I've seen remissions and uh, um, miracle cures. And um, I've heard the cynics say, "Well, it would—you know—these things happen anyway. You know, the cancer goes into remission anyway, and nobody knows why." And uh, uh, this phrase nobody knows why is like it's a coincidence which means it's a way of just saying we don't know um you know it means that there's something that happens there that a process that doesn't understand and what i think is going to happen at some point in medicine is that the body is going to be taught how to heal itself because antibiotics you know germs stay ahead of antibiotics. You you start taking antibiotics, the germs get smart, and they get to the point where um, they outgrow the antibiotics, and you have to come up with more antibiotics. I think that at some point, the body is going to be trained to heal itself, um, and this is going to be the real, uh, the real medicine, the future medicine, is that we will learn to heal ourselves, and uh, the thing is, we we can do that already, um, and it's been done. I, I may have told the story before, but I had a friend who uh, was in Thailand, and he was he was uh, living among the Buddhist monks there. And there was a, one of the monks. He was a senior monk, and he he had a reputation in the villagers as being a healer. Uh, and uh, you know, he used poultices and herbs and stuff, but he also was a hands-on healer and um uh, this friend of mine said that he had been stung by one of those uh Thai wasps, and you know we i think it was be one, one of those murder hornets, what we call it. one of those Asian hornets are about as big as your thumb, and it stung him near the wrist on the fatty part of his thumb, and he said it was an awful sting uh, you know, he said it was like being shot in the hand and it it would swell up and get really big and he said normally when this is done they uh you know, they were taken to the hospital in the emergency room, but it was, um, during the we- only time you could do that's on the weekend when the bus was, uh, in the village. And he said, uh, uh the monks had come, come with me. And he took him off to the side and he, he held his, th- his thumb gently in his hand. And, uh, <clears throat> this friend of mine, he was, he was like on one of my Buddhist forums at the time said, I was very touched at, you know, this gentle gesture that he was holding my hand and, uh, and with his head bowed, like he was praying over it. And, um, and he said, and it did feel better. He said, you know, I, I felt it was maybe it was just the kindness of this uh, gentle man holding my hand and praying over it. He said, but the, uh, the sting never manifest. He said, it's like I was never stung. He said, it never swelled up. It never got infected. It never, um, nothing happened to it. It, was, it never happened. And, uh, and and he said I was stunned by this because when these things sting you it's an awful thing I mean, it can it can hospitalize you and uh, and he said so you know he said a couple of days later I was following him around and I kept wanting to ask him about it and he wouldn't talk about it and, uh, and he said finally he just looked at me he said yes it's a thing that I can do and uh, and that's all he would say about it and uh, <clears throat> so these these tales exist and um um uh they exist in too ma- too many um, forms and for too long to dismiss them. And um, there's a uh, whole bunch of stories, and I don't have a lot of time, but I'll tell you a few of them um, that you find in the literature. And here's one that I've collected for you. A personal healing will be, be the most convincing evidence of the healing power of the subconscious mind. Uh, <clears throat> this is from uh, A New Thought. Practitioner Joseph Murphy, who uh, wrote in the 40s, he says, over 40 years ago, I resolved a malignancy of the skin through prayer. Medical therapy had failed to check the growth, and it was getting progressively worse. A clergyman with a deep psychological knowledge explained to me the inner meaning of the 139th Psalm, wherein it says, in thy book, all my members were written which in continuance were fashioned when as yet there was none of them. He explained that the term book meant my subconscious mind, which fashioned and molded all my organs from an invisible cell. He also pointed out that inasmuch as my subconscious mind made my body, it could also recreate it and heal it according to the perfect pattern within it. This clergyman showed me his watch and said, this had a maker. And the watchmaker had to have the idea first in mind before the watch became an objective reality. And if the watch was out of order, the watchmaker could fix it. Isn't that David Hume's uh, ontological argument or something? My friend reminded me that the subconscious intelligence which created my body was like a watchmaker, and it also knew exactly how to heal, restore, and direct all the vital functions and processes of my body, but that I had to give it the perfect idea of health. This would act as a cause, and the effect would be healing. I prayed in a very simple way as follows. My body and all its organs were created by the infinite intelligence in my subconscious mind It knows how to heal me. Its wisdom fashioned all my organs and tissues, muscles, and bones. This infinite healing presence within me is now transforming every atom of my being, making me whole and perfect now. I give thanks for the healing I know is taking place now. Wonderful are the works of the creative intelligence within me. I prayed aloud for about five minutes, two or three times a day, repeating the above simple prayer. In about three months, my skin was whole and perfect. And he goes on to say, As you can see, all I did was give life-giving patterns of wholeness, beauty, and perfection to my subconscious mind, thereby obliterating the negative images and patterns of thought lodged in my subconscious mind, which were the cause of all my trouble. Nothing appears on your body except when the mental equivalent is first in your mind. And as you change your mind by drenching it with incessant affirmatives, you change your body. This is the basis of all healings. Do you believe it? Do you believe these stories? We live in a very cynical time. We, we do. We live in cynical and skeptical times. Do you believe you can heal the body by thinking about it? Do you believe you can kill yourself with thought? I'll leave that question to you. Time for us to go. You know, thanks so much for showing up. Come back again next time. We'll pick up where we left off. The power You know the Reverend loves you. We'll see you next time. Tell
0: it, you we are in a difficult position, Reverend Saint Germain. Gave me what we need for our condition Cinnamon and clothes In a sugar box With five-finger grass I keep it by the store The stirring coffee Thicker than
1: molasses
0: He shepherds The church of divine Serving the lost Lands of Knoxville, Tennessee Faithfully Praise with the Christmas